Welcome to the SciDef Cybersecurity Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Evans, and this is my co-host, Michael Fairweather. We're here to provide you with the cybersecurity news that matters to help you in the cyber realm. We are proud members of the Pod Bros Podcast Network. Check them out at podbros.com. Hey, hey, listeners. Welcome to episode 20. It's been a hot minute since we've done one of these episodes. Between uh, sicknesses and work, it's been kind of hard for us to get to it, but... We're yeah. back again. We are back. I have moved into my new house, so things are settling down there as well. Did you ever think we would get to episode 20, Michael? Episode 20? I thought like we would hit two and be like, all right, that was fun. <laughs> that, that's a lot of work. We're done. <laughs> We've come far from doing it in the, in the literally in the garage. Well, on this week's episode, we are doing our giveaway. That's right. Some t-shirts, yeah. some stickers. So sometime during this episode, we will drop a code word that you will enter at our website. Three people will be chosen at random from the entries uh, to receive a t-shirt and some stickers. And then seven other individuals will receive some some custom SIDEF stickers from us. Yeah, yeah. They look pretty sick. Yeah. We have some awesome stories this week. First, I will be covering a bug in Gmail app for Android that allows anybody to send spoofed emails. And Siri lock screen uh, bypass is a growing privacy issue for iOS users. What do you got for us, Michael? Uh, this week, I'm going to be talking about uh, Microsoft unveiling their operations center to fight cyber threats, as well as Dell goes proactive in endpoint security by adding Silence. All right, Michael. We well, said we go into our first story of Microsoft unveils Operations Center to fight cyber threats. Let's do it. First, I'd like to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody listening. <laughs> that was my terrible turkey. Very oh nice. god, that should be that should be like a, a holiday special cartoon, the terrible turkey. The terrible turkey. Like Elf on a Shelf. Yeah. The terrible turkey. Copyright it. Uh, nobody can steal that. We're we're going to produce the terrible turkey uh, doll line and uh, and and stories. Look for that to drop in 2016 or 17. We got a lot of work going on. You got we got time. It doesn't have to be right now. But yeah. So getting to Microsoft, they have unveiled their op- their new operations center to help fight cyber threats, which is actually a pretty cool thing. CEO Nadella revealed this past week um, Microsoft's plans to enhance enterprise security and help its customers have stronger protection for what he's referring to as mobile first, cloud first world. He did this at the Microsoft Government Cloud Forum held up in D.C. Um, he's basically saying that he said that Microsoft already invests about a billion dollars in security research and development each year, which is a lot of money. But even with that, they are still creating this new cyber defense operations center. It's going to be a state-of-the-art facility containing a staff of security response experts 
that will be charged with detecting and responding to cyber threats in real time. It's all part of their new approach to security, um, which is obviously a good thing. Um, trying to be, you know, vigilant um, with addressing security problems, cybersecurity problems um, that itself and other companies, you know, face on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, prior to uh, Nadella becoming the CEO of Microsoft, he was actually the executive vice president of Microsoft's cloud and enterprise group. So this move by him is one that a lot of people saw coming with the mobile-first cloud first world um, concept that he's trying to do. So it's not really surprising that he's moving this way, being you know the cloud specialist that he is. Right. Um, it's going to be a really interesting move for them. It's going to be really interesting to see how they pull this off. It kind of sounds like they're trying to develop their own uh, sort of security operations center. Um, we see this with a lot of mobile phone companies. I know AT&T has a security operations center that's kind of focused on fighting these sort of threats. It's going to be pretty cool to see what kind of things they have in common and then definitely see what kind of things that they differentiate with this when they develop this protection center that they're doing. Yeah, that'll definitely be interesting to kind of sell. I would think they would be working towards the OS side of things. Obviously, with cloud information being what it is and what it will become, that as well. But seeing how they're going to incorporate it into things like Windows 10 and the Windows Phone, um, stuff like that, how that security mindset will help shape um, kind of the future of those products. I think that'll be pretty cool to see. I'm, I'm impressed with what they're attempting here with their center working around the clock, you know, and they say that they're going to have direct access to thousands of security specialists from all across the country monitoring these threats. So that's going to be a pretty penny for them. You know, yeah. 24 hour operations with, what they're calling specialists is, is going to be a pretty penny on them. You know, it's hopefully it's worth that money. There are companies out there that don't want to spend that type of money and, you know, they got mud in their face for not wanting to spend it. So hopefully Microsoft's approach is better. Um, it sure looks like it's going to be better being proactive with this threat mitigation technique rather than being reactive like we see from a lot of companies. Yeah. Well, and that's the best thing. Right now, it is reactive. You're waiting for that next vulnerability or hack to come out, and then you try and figure out how it was done, and you try to prevent that from down, happening again down the road. But if you can get to a point where you're actively stopping stuff or actively preventing stuff, especially in a you know the cybersecurity world, that that's a that's a tall order. So it'll, it'll definitely be a good thing. I, I think it'll be a good thing to see um, how they do it, how it's implemented, and what they can do with that down the road. They were saying that it's not – while they've announced that they're doing it, they haven't actually said when the center will run or will open. Um, but it is going to run out of the Microsoft headquarters up in Redmond, Washington. Sounds like there might be a few job openings up there pretty soon. Well, if this security center of theirs is successful um, and if they see significant results from it, there's going to be a whole lot of jobs opening up because you know there's going to be a lot more companies that are going to be wanting to roll out their own 
versions of these security centers for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with this, you know, not just opening up the um, or cyber defense operations center, um, they've also been going through over the last couple of years uh, purchasing up a lot of security companies as well. Let's see, the la- just last week, they acquired the Israeli-based Secure Islands. That was $150 million, uh, just yeah. for that. I wish I had that kind of money to throw around. Right, and that's their third one this year. So. <laughs> Are we going to buy another company? Whatevs. You know that you know they're looking at that security aspect even before you know, like we said, one you know one billion a year in security. They're looking at that even before they're even uh, building this this center. Yeah, Nadella said that creating an intelligent cloud platform would be one of the Microsoft's key investment areas for the future. Uh, so you know, a significant part of that investment is going to include more scrutiny given to the security issues. Yeah, absolutely. When you when you're trusting your life, you know, your life's work, your pictures, your music, your documents, your whatever to a cloud-based service, you want to make sure that that stuff is secure. That you, one you can access it, two it's going to be there when you want it, and three that nobody else can get to it that you don't want getting to it. Uh, another big part for this, you know, is protection of Microsoft's own assets because if you use Office 365 and other products like that, that's all in the cloud. So for them not to have something like this would be dumb. So good on them for preventing possibly a huge security breach in the future. I know I use Office 365 myself and it would really suck if there was an attack against all of the Office 365 cloud-based systems. But yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they do with this in the future. And, and as far as the security aspect and preventing, not just reacting, but preventing, uh, to see how that works out for them, you know, I look forward to, to actually seeing that in place soon. Right on. Well, you know, hopefully that strengthens my uh, cloud-based email that I have on uh, Office 365. And speaking of cloud-based email and vulnerabilities with that, we're going to take a small break here to talk to you about something. Cybersecurity training has traditionally been really expensive and therefore too hard to come by for many people. The result of super high-priced training is a skill gap that has left the industry with over 1 million unfilled jobs, which is crazy. But CyberAware is working to change that. The cybersecurity training revolution has begun. Get free training courses and find jobs in the field at CyberAware.it. Employers looking for cybersecurity talent can also post jobs there. So again, free cybersecurity training and jobs at Cybrary. There's a bug in the Gmail app for Android that allows anyone to send spoofed emails. That sounds safe. Yeah, there's a security researcher that discovered an interesting loophole in a Gmail Android app that lets anyone send an email that looks like it was sent by somebody else. So they they were spoofing email addresses. And this is really bad because this allows fishers to attempt an attack against somebody and try to get you to click malicious links. Yeah. Uh, generally, to spoof an email address, you need an SMTP server and mailing software. Or, if you know the intricacies of PowerShell, you can actually use PowerShell instead of mailing software to send a, a spoofed email utilizing 
uh, an SMTP server. So you can actually use Gmail's SMTP server and PowerShell's sense-spoofed emails. That just sounds more efficient than going about it the other way. It is. It's pretty efficient, pretty easy, pretty fun, especially when you want to prank somebody in the cubicle next to you and make them think they're in trouble for something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so this researcher, Jan, Jan Zhu, discovered... Um, a bug in the official Gmail Android app that allowed her to hide her real email address and change her display name in the account settings so that the receiver will not be able to know the actual sender. So I did this myself. I, I, I attempted this vulnerability to see what its strengths and weaknesses were, you know, to see how efficient you can be with it. So first you have to go in and change your display name via the Google website, the actual Gmail website on Google, and then you go to, you go and send your email. Now, if you're on the Android app, you see the spoofed email address. However, if you're on the browser Gmail, it shows up as the, the actual person's email address. You actually see their email address, but you'll also see the, the attempt at fake name in there too. So it's limited in that aspect and it's also limited in the aspect of um, if you hit reply to that fake email. So if you think this email is a fake um, in, the, in the Android app, hit reply and it replaces the fake email with the actual email address of the person. It, the fake email turns red, it goes away and the actual person's email appears. Oh, nice. Yeah. So if you suspect it's a fake email, um, just hit reply to it. And you'll see the email change if it's a fake email. Or if you suspect it's a fake email, log into your Gmail via your web browser and check it there. That sounds like a great tip. It is. <laughs> um, so it's done by going to the display name, um, adding in extra quotations into the display name, it triggers a parsing bug in the Gmail app, which causes the real email to be invisible. But like I said, again, it's invisible until you hit reply. Yeah, even Google has come out and said, um, once this, this was actually reported to them back in October, you know, basically said, you know, the bug is not a security vulnerability. And the reason is, is um, email spoofing can be used legitimately. But because spoofing an email address is surprisingly easy, you know, spammers and fishers will take advantage of it, you know, harming people and organizations. But because of that, they don't they don't see it as a vulnerability. It's just kind of a workaround, really, more than anything else. Yeah, and I really don't know any organizations that use the Google app as their primary source of uh, email distribution. Right. Most people have some kind of enterprise email software out there. Yeah, this is this is true. So I understand where Google is coming from by saying that this isn't a security vulnerability. But regardless, you know, turn on your spam filters, you know, make sure they're running and the spoofed emails will go into your junk email box. And never click on any suspicious link or download anything from anyone who, you know, you're unfamiliar with. This is what the fishers would try to do with this kind of vulnerability. You know, they would just send a link. They don't want the people to reply. 
So they're they're gambling on, well, hopefully they don't reply to me and they won't see that my actual email address. So if you do get a link from your bank and you're not really sure if it's them or not, um, because you can change your email address to whatever you want. I, I did a test email and it was money at money.com. <laughs> and then the, the text was, uh, the subject was money, and then the the tech, the actual body was send some. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that. Um, and I was able to spoof Yahoo email addresses in it as well. I, I pranked my wife and made her think she had an email from her sister. <laughs> so the email, this spoofing is really good for pranks, but also really good for malware and phishing and all that other stuff too. Yeah, but just don't click on links. Don't download anything from anybody who you're not A, expecting anything from, and B, don't know and really don't trust. You should always verify before you get, you know, you download something from somebody. Yeah. You should also have your, you know, anti-malware and antivirus software updated on your computer as well. So if you do have the misfortune of accidentally clicking on something, some kind of link, whether there's a signature out there for it or not, you can at least try and uh, keep your stuff safe. Well, that's the thing. When they view this on their browser, they're going to see the the real email address from the person there. Mm. There's also antivirus and malware stuff for your phones. Yeah. So keep your phone's antivirus and uh, anti-malware software that's up to date. Keep all of the things updated. You should always update everything all the time. Never leave things not updated. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Lowest hanging fruit. You want to eliminate the, eliminate those fruits. Yeah. That fruit's bad. Tastes bad. So before we move on to our next story, the code word for our giveaway that you will enter into our giveaway uh, page is Python. So enter that into our page, and hopefully you win something. Yeah, yeah, like a cool side F shirt. Or stickers. So Dell is going proactive in endpoint security by adding Silence. Why don't you tell us about that, Michael? Yeah, this is pretty cool. Um, and, and actually, this story reminded me a lot of the Microsoft story that we talked about earlier. Yeah, last week, uh, Dell announced um, that they would be adding a new option to its endpoint security arsenal. Um, and it's a collaboration with Silence, which is a cybersecurity uh, software startup that actually uses artificial intelligence to proactively prevent rather than reactively detect advanced persistent threats and malware. So much like we were talking about with Microsoft as well. Silence's uh, security suite enterprise actually combines um, authentication, encryption, and advanced threat protection into a single control security suite. Um, actually something that um, the major IT providers don't have and helps to protect against execution of advanced persistent threats and malware. Um, they're saying including zero-day attacks, uh, scripting attacks, and targeted attacks uh, like spear phishing and ransomware. This is all said by CEO and founder Stuart McClure. Is that Troy McClure? Troy McClure. <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm sure Troy he, McClure. I'm sure he didn't get that growing up. 
<laughs> Phil Hartman, rest in peace. We love you, Phil. Yeah, this is actually a really good deal for Dell. Because um, this software um, and this collaboration actually um, plugs some pretty big, you know, pretty big security gaps um, that Dell had. So I know that they're happy about it. With this uh, collaboration, um, this actually will put Dell uh, early next year, early 2016, uh, will put them as becoming the only tier one PC vendor uh, to offer security suite um, integrating Silence's technology when it launches the uh, Dell Data Protection Endpoint Security Suite Enterprise. That is a long name. The DDPESSE. That is a long acronym. Yeah. What's well, a it's, <laughs> seven words explaining one security suite. Let's just call it the Dell security suite. Nice. I like it. it you don't need the data protection endpoint enterprise portion of that. Maybe hey, the that, enterprise. Hey, that Dell, if you're listening to us, the Dell security suite, the DSS. The DSS. To protect that ASS. <laughs> um, one of the cool things about uh, Silence's security package that they have that Dell's going to be using. Um, they say that it's actually a number of government agencies already use this, and it says that they stop 99% of malware and advert or advanced persistent threats. In contrast with the average efficiency rating of traditional antivirus solutions, which is less than 45%. So Nice. So, yeah, I really like how they're utilizing artificial intelligence um, to identify these threats. You know, um, utilizing AI to identify these threats in real time is a lot more efficient and effective than utilizing humans watching this. I mean, I know there's people out there probably that watch these big data walls at some security operations centers out there or, you know, in the basement of some big corporation or that might be cursing me for saying that AI is more efficient. But if an AI can watch a data wall for us, you know, more efficiently than some dude or intern being paid nothing or a minimum wage, let's go with that AI. Yeah. I, I know you and I have both sat there, you know, looking at Wireshark or TCP dump. Alien vault. Yeah. Just as it's actively going past just looking for stuff in there, stuff going over the networks or over the network. I am perfectly fine with somebody creating something to have a computer do that. Yeah. Watching packets real time makes me sleepy. I'm not the guy from the matrix and I can't think of his name right now who, uh, isn't it, isn't it cypher? It might be cypher. Blonde, brunette, redhead. Did you know that Siri's lock, by, lock screen bypass is a growing privacy issue for iOS users? No, I did not. Why don't you tell me about that? Actually, aren't you supposed to tell me about that? I am. <laughs> In less than 30 seconds, anyone with access to an Apple iPhone or iPad can extract a lot of personal data using Siri. So says Trend Micro. Dun, dun, dun. It's like the New York police... Uh theme song <laughs> security vendor trend micro has sounded the alarm once again on a continuing issue with apple's siri digital assistant that lets anyone with physical access to an ios device uh, interaction with it 
And this lets them extract data and even if the device is locked. In a blog post, the secure researchers from the company says it takes just 30 seconds for someone to extract names, phone numbers, calendar entries, or even post to a connected social media account from a locked iOS device using simple voice commands. So this is bad because locked devices should never disclose any information. You should never leave your device around anyway uh, because somebody can just plug it into a computer and use specialized software to pull all your data that way if they wanted to. But they could do things like ask, what's my name or what's my email address? And that information will be disclosed to whoever had that physical access. What's my contact information? They also It also allowed them to post a Facebook status update, make a call, and carry out all kinds of other tasks that only a legitimate owner would be able to do with unlocking the, the device. So you can easily fix this problem by disabling Siri from the lock screen. Yeah, it's actually really simple. So when this story came out, um, that's one of the first things I did was check to see if that was an issue on my phone. And I had actually already disabled it from the lock screen. Uh, I, d I didn't want to have access to Siri from the lock screen. And I'm actually going to pull up the steps right now in order to do it. So if you've got your iPhone, um, go to settings, click on general, and then go to Siri, disable Siri. Just click on Siri and take it off. Now, if you don't want to completely get rid of Siri, as I have completely got rid of Siri, I would recommend when you go to my info at the bottom of the Siri screen, make sure that it is clear. So when I actually tried to do it with Siri enabled, it popped up and says, I don't know who you are, but you can tell me in settings. I said, no, thank you, and went on from there. The OK Google function is not, a, is not vulnerable to this type of attack because if you do ask things like what is my what's my name and what's my email address uh it google searches that and doesn't actually present you with that information so while this is a vulnerability for siri this is not a vulnerability for google so yay google yay google yeah basically apple's response to this so far has been to like if you don't want it to be able to do that then simply disable siri on the lock screen. Hopefully something better will come around with that. And don't leave your devices laying around where people can just snag it up and uh, do what they want with it. This is bad, okay? Okay, this is bad. This is bad, okay? This is bad, okay? This is bad, okay? Yeah, it's just, I mean, physical security is important as well. Always physical security. It's yeah. the first layer of defense. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. if, if somebody has physical access to your stuff, it's only a matter of time. So so what do you think the, the biggest story was for this week? Um, honestly, I, I think the biggest thing is, is the Microsoft story, the uh, cybersecurity center. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I think that's going to be a good thing. I'm also happy with, you know, Dell um, getting proactive about security as well in their um, collaboration with Silence. I think that'll be a good thing. Right on. Do you have a cybersecurity tip for us this week, Michael? I do. Um, going back on, you know, talking about mobile devices, one of the biggest things I think you can you can protect yourself from is by never giving your password over the phone or any critical information over the phone for that matter. Um, anytime somebody calls you 
asking for a password or any kind of critical information such as social security number, credit cards, whatever, and you didn't initiate that call, like you didn't directly call your bank or you're not buying a pizza over the phone, Mm, pizza. Do not, give, do not give that information out. It is most likely somebody attempting to gain access to your accounts. You shouldn't give anybody your password ever anyway. Well, especially password. Mm. I, I can understand having to give your credit card information over the phone, um, but they have stuff online for that now. So you can buy a pizza from your couch. You can tweet a pizza emoji and get a pizza now. That is also true. I don't know if I'd want to do that, but... Because what if I got really drunk and I was just pizza, 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 pizza? <laughs> you end up with fifty pizzas at your house. Like I don't know if they got the last one. It could be really bad. Right on. That's a fantastic tip for for all of our listeners out there this week. So this week we covered the Microsoft Operations Center, their Cyber Protection Center that they're uh, standing up. You know, good on them for that. Can't wait to see what comes about from that. Gmail has a bug which allows people to send fake emails. You know, and we determined from that to make sure you don't ever click a link from anybody who you don't trust. And you know, if you suspect it's a fake email, just hit reply or view it on your browser because those two lo- those two things will let you see the actual email address. Uh, then we covered Silence being incorporated into. Dell's security suite. You know, we're we're calling it the DSS for for Dell out there. Hopefully, somebody from there listens to our podcast and picks that up because it's that seven letter acronym and seven word title is a, a mouthful. <laughs> and then finally, we talked about the Siri vulnerability with uh, being able to get sensitive information by just asking Siri what it is. Gave you the tips for how to disable Siri from the lock screen and told you that you shouldn't ever have that device laying out where anybody else can access it. I was your host this week, Raymond Evans, and he was my fantastic co-host, Michael Fairweather. Stay safe, keep your network safe, and have a week. Have a week and happy Thanksgiving.